You are listening to Grown Ups Read Princess Stories, the podcast where grown ups from around the world read stories about princesses, either from fairy tales or true history. Hi, I'm your host, RPJ, and this is our first episode of 2021. So let's get straight into it, shall we? Today we present to you Serena. The story of Serena is from Guam, an uncorporated U.S. territory in the Pacific Ocean. It is a well-known and much-loved figure in the Camaro culture. While it is true that Guam was once colonized by the Spanish, and thus some could argue that the Serena story is based in Spanish tales about Las Serenas, it diverges from typical European tales of mermaids by the fact that it is not about human mermaid encounters, but a cautionary tale about the negative consequences of not attending to one's responsibilities. Reading Serena today is Zane Oak. Zane lives in Victoria, British Columbia, is a comedian, writer, speaker, visual artist, and drag performer. Zane has been doing stand-up comedy since 2012 and has been performing as an out, queer, non-binary, trans-masculine comic for four years. Zane hosts Queer Dog Comedy Night at the Vicious Poodle in Victoria every Monday night when it's safe to go out. Zane has been an adult for over three decades and is very in touch with their inner child. You can find and follow Zane on Instagram at OakZane. We'll also leave a link in the episode bio for you. That being said, please enjoy this first episode of 2021, Serena, read by Zane Oak. An ancient grand mermaid sits on top of her pearly throne, brushing her long white hair. Upon her lap perch two little mergirls, their sparkling tails twisting and twirling. Oh, Auntie Serena, tell us how the mermaids first became. Haven't you heard that story enough? I must have told it to you a hundred times already. Oh, please, Auntie Serena. We'll be oh so good if you will tell us of our great grand mermaid, Serena, your mama, the youngest one pleads. I think she might have said your mama. Your mama usually means that that child has good executive leadership skills. Her large charcoal black eyes fill with shy tears. Her black hair settles around her face. A butterfly fish peeps out from behind her ear, looking at the old mermaid reproachfully. All right, sit down and behave. I'll tell you the tale of Serena. The grand mermaid laughs and looks at the two little mergirls with their rapt eyes, and she slowly nods. And so the story begins. On the faraway island of Guam lives Serena, a graceful Chimero girl. Serena had silky hair and big, dark eyes that surveyed her world in constant wonder. Her face was round and lovely. Her hair was long and black. Oh, and Serena laughed, her face wooed into bliss, and it seemed that nothing could be as sweet and innocent as this young girl. As lovely as Serena was, she was also very careless. She was constantly reminded by her mother to work hard. Serena was good at weaving and could cook savory fish and find the most fragrant flowers and vines. Her flaw was that her whole self was always yearning for the water. 
So Rina would start her work weaving, cooking, or fishing, but soon her thoughts would turn to the river. She would run off to play in the cool water, her hair glistening in the warm tropical sun. Her mother was very patient with Serena and usually excused those errors. She was fond of Serena and knew that her daughter was still blessed with the naivety of youth. However, one day her mother was in a particularly bad mood. She had so much work to do. Her cousin was preparing a huge feast and the mother's job was to cook heaps of tabioca, fish and coconut crab. All of Serena's brothers and sisters were busy. Serena was splashing in the river when her youngest sister came down to fetch water. Serena, you better get up there and help. Mama needs you. She's already angry because she can't find you. Her sister warned her. She giggled at Serena's nonchalant glance. <laughs> then she bent to dip her urn in the cool water. Once the vessel was filled to the brim, she gave Serena an entreating tap on her shoulder, but Serena brushed her away. Serena's sister ran back up the shaded path to their thatched dwelling. Oh, she knew her mother would be so angry. Oh, the water looks especially nice, Serena thought to herself. I will have one quick swim before wasting the entire day cooking. Serena swam and then reluctantly trudged up to her house. Inside, her mother was shouting at her brother to get breadfruit from their auntie across the bay. Serena, there you are. I've been looking all over for you. Come take this basket from your brother and fill it with breadfruit from auntie's. Come, hurry, come directly back and do not swim. Her mother looked stern and angry. Serena took the basket. She raced down from her house, down the trail to her auntie's. Her feet padded quickly along the soft, sandy path until she reached a small resting hut that looked out on the river. There Serena sat down and waited for her heartbeat to slow down as she took deep breaths of the warm tropical air. Suddenly, a flock of birds screeched. Ka, 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 ka. Right in front of her, the birds dipped and dove into the river, beckoning her to play. The sun shone on the clear waters, sparkling like laughter. Fearless fish jumped and let their bright sun leap off their silver backs. Oh, if I only play a moment, then it won't matter. Serena said to her, herself as she, because she ached to step into the water. She put down her basket and ran to the glistening waters. They lifted her up and carried her out to deeper slopes where her feet barely touched the sandy bottom. Serena splashed and swam. She didn't even notice that the birds had all flown away. 
Sarina was diving from a small rock when she looked up with alarm. The sun had disappeared behind the horizon and the dusk was coating the island. Sarina was very afraid of the night spirits that might leap out of the river. She sped up the beach to her empty basket. In the dim light, it looked emptier than ever. A frightened, hopeless tear slid down her cheek. Mama will be so mad when she finds out I didn't get any breadfruit. She needed it for the cooking. Now she will be so disappointed in me. <laughs> Serena cried. Her soft, whimpering voice received no pity from the night as it spread its lightless cloak over the sad girl. Fear of the darkness soon caused her to forget her woes. Sarina turned her back to the river and darted up to her house. At first, she cowered in the dark, but then she tiptoed up to the doorway when she saw a branch of the flame tree tremble. Was it a tatiamonia about to snatch her? Sarina! Her mother's face loomed out of the darkness. Her angry eyes burned with wrath. Shame, shame, shame on you, careless, idle child. Your own sister of six can do better. Serena, shame on you. I had to walk over to your auntie's house myself for the breadfruit. Serena, if you ever go into that water again, you will become an ugly, fat fish. Her mother screamed in anger. Serena knelt trembling in a corner, her godmother's hand on her shoulder. No, please, no. Serena wailed and she heard when she heard her mother's curse. Serena leapt from the house and began to streak down the path towards the water. Wait, Serena, wait. Her godmother called after her. Tears coursed down the godmother's wrinkled face. Oh, she knew the power of a mother's curse. If Serena touched the river, she would become a fish with slimy gray scales, staring eyes, and an ugly, wordless, gaping mouth. Oh, spirits in your hearts, hear me. Save Serena. Let her not become a disgusting fish. Save her beautiful face and her joyful spirit. Oh, let the power of this curse be dimmed. She is but a foolish child. Help her. The godmother prayed. Tears streamed down the mother's cheeks as her body shook with sobs. It was too late when she realized what she had said. <laughs> I should have said to my daughter, oh no. <laughs> Serena stopped at the water's edge. She saw the full orange moon rising above the distant horizon. Not a sound echoed from the watery silence. Serena wept in fear and in pain. She did not want to leave her family. Her mother and her godmother? 
I don't know why she doesn't mention her sisters and brothers, but that's all right. She didn't want to leave the soft grass and the weaving palms, but her whole body wanted, needed the wata, its songs and hypnotic rhythms and rhymes were a part of her as much as the fragrant flowers and tender breezes of her tropical birthplace. Serena knew in her heart that she could not survive a day without swimming freely in the water. As her godmother was chanting and her mother was weeping, Serena ran into the water. She dove from the shallows and swam down the river until she reached the deep sapphire depths of the ocean. At once she began to change. She felt her legs binding, twisting, and turning, but not into ugly gray scales. Instead, an iridescent tail stretched down from her waist. Sobs shook her body, but her clear voice and beauty remained unchanged. Serena looked one last time at her beloved island. She whispered her last goodbye, a call that her mother heard with sadness, and her godmother heard with a painful understanding smile. Some say, to this day, Serena's whispered call continues to echo across the vast, rippling sea. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. And so our story ends whispers the old grand mermaid to the two sleepy mergirls. What a sad story. I like it, but it makes me cry, murmurs the little one curling up in a pile of soft seaweed. I think so too. Too bad it's only pretend. <sighs> Sighs the other. The grand mermaid smiles at her two yawning granddaughters. Legend is the only truth, my children. Legend is the only truth. I think the main moral of the story is that we all need to hold on to the wilderness in, inside of us. We have that as a child, and then we seem to lose our naivety and innocence. We, we lose that uh, innocence that looks at all the wonder and awe that surrounds us in the world and in nature. Our wild and tame spirits, I think they just learn to hide. They learn to find out the rules and expectations of society. And we kind of start forgetting who we were and who we are and why we came into the world to do what we were meant to do. And our job that we have as adults and in different parts of our lives is just to untame ourselves and to find out what doesn't serve us anymore. We carry wounds from generations and ancestors, and we have to listen, like Serena, to what the soul yearns for. She yearned for water, and water always represents the feminine and creativity. And we have to learn to flow like the river and ebb and flow like the natural rhythms of nature itself. I think Serena's love of the water 
is definitely the love of her creative wild soul. And she chooses herself over the roles that her mother and her godmother have played in the in the in the the time before her. Our adults don't always know how to initiate us properly now in, in our society. It's not like ancient societies where we actually went through initiation periods where we left our families and we learned to see our mother and father as adults in the world, not necessarily our parents. But now our initiations aren't there as strongly. And when the Grand Mermaid tells the two mergirls that legend is the only truth, my children, I think she's talking about how fairy tales and myths are initiators. They are the wise ones who teach those who have come after. And that is an important job that's often taken on by mystics and shamans and storytellers. So that's what I think the moral is. Are you, thank you so much for listening. And well, good night. That was Zane Oak reading the story of Serena. You can follow Zane on Instagram at Oak Zane. And you can follow Grown Ups Read Princess Stories on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Grown Ups Read Princess Stories. Until then, be kind to each other and stay safe.